Hi, and welcome to episode 184 of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, the expert strategist, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. And today, I'm going to talk about the power of downsizing in your corporate and private life. It's going to be an incredible interview with Esther and Jan. You will absolutely love it. Now, uh, we are running our retreat in Thailand. It's an exclusive retreat in January 2019. If you want to connect with influencers in your field, if you want to learn how to grow and scale your business, all while having a luxury experience, then uh, this is the place for you. It's going to be in the beautiful island of Koh Samui, surrounded by wonderful nature, calm space, somewhere where you can get your creative juice going and get away from the doing of the running your business, which uh, most of the time is not actually the, the most effective way to grow your business. We all need to say yes to ourselves. We all need the space where we can uh, grow as individual and also relax uh, and have an incredible time surrounded by luxury. I love luxury. <laughs> That's why we have created it. So click on the link that there is in the show notes if you want to know more and apply for the retreat. We have only a few weeks left before we are going there and we have few spaces left. So click the link and uh, let's uh, go and fly to Thailand together. Now, uh, I want to tell you a bit more about Jan, in particular in this uh, conversation that we had with Esther and Jan. Jan Tutan is uh, the CEO of Econocom, which is a large global company responsible for the Netherlands region, employing approximately 300 employees, and is known for being a visionary who has the ability to take trends and implement them into the business. It takes an innovative approach and consistently questions the status quo and looks at how things can be done better. Observing a trend in the future of work towards companies being remote, Jan is on a mission to improve the quality of people's lives by helping employees work on their own terms and be location independent. He's an avid believer in remote work and the value of experiences over possession. While you will learn as well from Esther, and she had a very successful coaching and trading company all over the world, speaking and traveling. And then she decided one day to shut it down and downsize it. And I love this conversation because while everyone is thinking about growing and growing and growing and exploding and expanding, they were saying, no, actually, you don't have to do it that way if you don't want to. You can make your life and your business way simpler. And so I'm sure you will love it. And actually, this interview was recorded at the Freedom X Festival, which is a great festival for remote working. I've been there. I was speaking there. Some of the guests that you've seen recently on our show have been interviewed while we're there in the middle of the, of the mountains, in the Pyrenees, in Spain. It's a beautiful, gorgeous location. And uh, it was amazing talking about the future of working. Where is... Uh, uh, leading. How can we run businesses and companies uh, remote? That's why if you want to know more, if you're interested about location independence and the movement around location independence, then check out the Freedom X Festival that you can find on Google. You can find it everywhere. There's going to be the link as well here in the show notes. 
because uh, the next one is happening soon uh, next year. So check it out. It's a great place to be. Now, in this episode, we talk about the power of downsizing, why you should make your life simpler, how to create the life and organization that you want by making it simple. And also you can connect with Jan and Esther here on the show notes. Again, if you haven't, if you want to apply for the retreat, make sure you do it now. If you haven't downloaded yet our ultimate selling from the state checklist, make sure you download it. If you want to create a successful presentation and make six figures from presentation, absolutely, you will love it. So check the show notes and click the link for the ultimate selling from the state checklist, which has been downloaded right now more than 5,000 times and people are raving about it. So make sure you get it too. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, subscribe right now. Now I hear you saying, okay, so you want to shut up. I want to listen to the interview with Jan and Esther. Okay, let's get the music started and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. Today, I'm here with Esther Jacobs and Jan Tuton. How are you guys? Great. Good, thanks. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I'm really excited about this interview because uh, we are going to talk about uh, uh, downsizing uh, your lifestyle and your business. We are going to talk about how to transition uh, in a corporate environment to a more nomadic way of running a business. And just to remind you listeners, we are here, this is a special episode, we are here from the Freedom FX Festival in Spain at the Visibility Hub, um, interviewing the speakers that are here at this festival. So before we go into the details on how do we downsize our life or how do we downsize our businesses, it's a really interesting conversation because everyone wants to grow and wants to upsize and wants to upscale. And you guys are saying, no, don't do that. I'm like, what? That's weird. But what uh, made you arrive to this conclusion? What made you arrive to this point? Let's start with you, Esther. Well, actually, I'm not saying everybody should downsize, but uh, I want to point out that it's an option because everything around us is upsizing, like you're saying, and and growing. And uh, I'm a speaker. I gave over a thousand keynotes. Um, I wrote 25 books. I've traveled in over 100 countries. So I was making pretty good money giving presentations and, and traveling. And then I realized, what are the alternatives, you know, to grow, to give even more presentations, to travel even more, to have less time? Um, or to take it easy and to focus on the things that really have impact and to have more time to myself to develop myself and to to get new inspiration, to have, have space for things. Because if you want inspiration or innovation or surprises, you need space. And we are so used to... Uh, cramming all our time full of uh, productivity and then when you take a productivity course so you're more productive the time that you win you put into more work right so I decided to take a completely new approach and just let go and create space and see what would happen and for me the discovery was that things still happen you can still make money you can still work you're still visible but it's in a much more relaxed way and it's almost like the the masculine way is like pushing and willpower and getting a lot of things done and the feminine way is just going with the flowing letting things happen but still maneuvering them in a certain direction so you still get results 
Thank you, Esther. Uh, I love this concept. And um, I mean, I love it. And at the same time, it sounds weird because uh, I'm I'm the kind of person that, yes, if I, I, I don't want to have a minute free in my calendar, even my downtime is scheduled. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating concept that I want to explore uh, in a minute. But I want to ask uh, Jan, because uh, Esther mentioned that this is, uh, there was a masculine way, she's go, go, go and the feminine way uh, to create more space. Where are you in that terms? Are you the kind of person that will cram every single minute of your life and be ultra productive? Uh, or would you like, uh, I, did she infect you uh, <laughs> with, uh, with this way of thinking and, uh, and uh, help you see things in a different way as well? Well, you're, you're right by uh, asking, did she infected me? And uh, the answer is yes, uh, but on another topic. And uh, it's about downsizing. It's about downsizing possessions to increase impressions. So the principle is to say we have um, the tendency to pile up possessions. Uh, and those possessions are uh, taking you away and taking some space away from your impressions. Uh, the idea of downsizing possessions is to um, be focusing on having experiences, having impressions, and not maintaining uh, your, your positions. And this can be applied in a personal life, and it's what I did, moving from a big house to a very tiny apartment of 27 square meters only, uh, from a house that was 10 times bigger, and uh, of course, uh, only using and not owning. Uh, the ownership uh, is not... Uh, obviously at the user. And this is a main uh, twist in the society at the moment, the famous as a service that I want to promote to the max in my private and also professional life. So yes, I've been infected. Infected. It's about downsizing. It's about downsizing possessions to increase impressions. Oh, we're going to have such a good conversation. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, is, it, there was a time, it reminded me about a time, uh, um, it was uh, seven years ago, where I decided to give everything I had away and live uh, with only what could fit in a backpack. And uh, it was such a liberating experience, having nothing or almost close to nothing, because uh, there are no strings attached. You feel free to move, you feel free to live, you feel free to, to start something, to stop something. There are not these chains of physical possessions that uh, that we have. So I'm really interested in exploring that deeper. Uh, I, I'm curious about uh, Esther. You mentioned that you were doing uh, a thousand speaking engagements. I mean, uh, I, I found very few people that did more speaking engagements than me, but probably you are one. <laughs> and uh, uh, you were doing all these seminars, and uh, you were keeping yourself so busy. And then you decided to have more freedom and use freedom as your end goal. How was uh, the process to adjust to it? Uh, did you crave <laughs> the fact of not being busy all the time or was it a smooth process? Well, it's actually quite a long story. I'll try to summarize. Um, 
when the euro was introduced, I collected all the leftover foreign coins for charities. That was just a side project, apart from being a speaker and, and a consultant and whatever. But it took all my time. So for almost seven years, I spent more than full time on running a charity without getting paid. And uh, in between, sometimes I had to do a presentation or facilitate an event and to make some money. And after those years, I was so tired and also a bit disappointed in the charity world who spent all this money without telling us how they spent it, that I left to live on a Caribbean island and I gave myself like a sabbatical. I told myself I'll have one year, you know, of not working at all to process all this information and then I'll start working again. And of course, during that year, I got some requests for presentations. So I flew back to Holland a few times to do the presentations, got paid for that, and then went back to my Caribbean island. And at the end of the year, I looked at my overview of my income and I made more money than all these years working hard, working harder uh, for the charity and in between doing paid uh, assignments. So I realized this is not a sabbatical. This could be my life. And in, in Curacao, the Caribbean island where I was, I was sailing, kite surfing, sitting in a hammock, reading a book. I started writing my first book there. So I realized by creating this space, you could give yourself time to regenerate and to create new ideas. But also that the, the amount of income is not really a lot lower than when you work all the time. Oh, Caribbean island. Uh, I was in the Caribbean uh, in May. Such an amazing experience. My wife is Caribbean, uh, so we took a, for our one year anniversary, a cruise around the Caribbean. Oh my God, such an amazing place. Uh, for how long have you been now living this lifestyle of uh, downsizing from the moment you realized, from that moment where you realized, actually, I can make some good money living in this way. So how long did it, for how long have you been doing that? I think it's uh, 12 years now. And, and it's not a thing that you do in one go. Like I had a house with three floors and, you know, big houses fill themselves with things. And also I thought because I owned this house, I had to be there. And because I had to be there, I had to work. And then when I left, you know, I still had to pay for the house and I had two cats that I felt bad about. So for about two years, I was in this vicious circle of I have to be there, I have to make money, I have to maintain everything. And then I realized, what if I give the cats to a friend and I get rid of the house and then I have no more expenses, no more obligations. And so step by step, I became more free and I realized how much energy it takes to have possessions. You have to think about them, you have to pay for them, you have to insure them, you have to protect them, you have to use them. If you don't use them, you feel guilty. So think about it, how much time you spend, how much energy you spend in your possessions. Now, Jan, how does this apply in the corporate world? Because that's uh, your message right now and what you're helping corporations do to outsource more and delegate more and use remote workers and not using offices. How does this philosophy apply to the corporate world? Well, that's um, new for the corporate world to uh, integrate the fact that uh, working with remote workers uh, can bring value to the organization. And I insist on remote workers versus home office. Home office is a practice that is quite uh, known and quite uh, used, but uh, home office means that you work from your home. Remote work means that you work from anywhere. And especially, I insist, 
uh, with my employees to work from a co-working space, meaning that you have the opportunity to meet other people, to meet other people who have other ways of working, who have other tools, who have other objectives, who have solutions for things you've been thinking about for the last year, for example. And this co-working environment helps to mix the DNA of the company. And I insist on that. If you think about those islands that have been discovered like 50 years, 100 years ago, they were isolated islands where the population was not renewed and the DNA was shrinking. And the shrinking of this DNA was creating disabled people, with uh, people who were born with uh, disabled um, functionalities. Well, I see the same in an organization. If you put people to work in the same place every day at the same hour, and if they go to the coffee machine or every day at 10 o'clock, and they talk every day at 10 o'clock with the same person, the DNA will shrink, and your organization will shrink, and your customers will not be surprised anymore by what you have to offer to them. Putting your people in a co-working space on a regular basis will regenerate your DNA and will bring new ideas within the organization for the benefit of your customers. So what you're saying is about adding variety to the organization by giving the flexibility and uh, an experience and facilitating the experiences for people to then uh, enrich their their knowledge, their experiences that people are having. Perfect. Now, I, I want to uh, go back to Esther asking, if someone is listening right now and says, oh my God, my life is way too busy. I'm doing uh, all these things uh, and uh, I feel for me is the right moment to downsize <laughs> my life, to create uh, more time uh, for myself. Can you give us a roadmap of what people need to consider and also please uh, tap into what you wish uh, what you know now that you wish you knew before when you started this process <laughs> that can save them maybe years <laughs> of this uh, adaptation <laughs> process. Yes, I was in that position a few years ago that I wanted to um, downsize and not be so busy anymore because you create stress. And then when you think, I have to think of a solution, you create more stress. And then you think, and everybody tells you, you have to slow down, but you're so busy, you don't have time to slow down. And what happened to me, I got into a car accident and uh, I got a whiplash, which means your brain doesn't function as it used to before. You can concentrate, you can't work very long, you can't work on a computer. So uh, a lot of people will go on until something stops them. And I would like to warn people not to let it get that far. So what I discovered when you try to downsize, for example, when you have a big budget and you try to work with 10% less, everybody will protest, it's not possible. But when you have zero budget and you have to think of creative solutions like I did in a charity uh, situation, then you come up with completely new things. And the same with the amount of work. If you're trying to do less, like I want to have some extra time, so I'm trying to do all the work that I have in 90% of the time, it's never going to work because you still want to do everything and you, you never had enough time. So why would you be able to do it in less time? But if you take the lesson that, that I learned from the whiplash, what if you only had half an hour per day that you could concentrate, that you were productive? How would you spend that half hour? And then it's not a matter of what can I 
leave from my to-do list, but start with a completely blank list and only put in the most important things, like the things that really need to be done. Because we think we need to answer all those emails and we need to do all those things. But I found out that when you cannot do anything, a lot of problems will solve themselves and a lot of emails will disappear, not be valid or, or reasonable anymore. And if somebody needs a quick re reply, they will send you a reminder. So it's a completely different way of thinking. What if you could build your life from scratch? You start with a blank slate and you only put in the things that are really important instead of trying to leave out things and everything seems just as important. And my advice to the listeners is don't let it get to that point when you really only have half an hour a day because that's really frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can imagine. Um, I'm I'm thinking right now in my mind, what would I do if I had all the half an hour a day? And uh, the answer is uh, speak <laughs> and get clients through speaking, and that's it. Forget all the rest. And uh, that's a a very fascinating model to 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 adapt and to and to use in in anyone's life and in anyone's business. And uh, it's something that uh, I'm approaching it uh, with. Um, uh, I'm using something similar to understand what I want to delegate to my team when we're growing. But I found that then it gets replaced with something else. So now the question for you is, uh, how then do you resist the temptation now that you have uh, identified the things that actually these don't matter, these matters, these I can outsource and delegate, but I've got more stuff now that are coming in. So how do you manage yourself in that way? Well, I became really good at feeling what gives me energy and what doesn't. And I'm still struggling with this because still my energy is limited. You know, I, I can be very active. I can get a lot of things done. But I used to be able to do this like 18 hours a day. And now it's still only a few hours a day. And I still don't know which hours. Sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's in the afternoon. Sometimes it doesn't happen at all. So, um I'm, I'm really good at, or I'm learning to feel what gives me energy. And everybody knows for themselves when they are most productive. For some people, it's in the morning. For some people, it's at night. So don't try to fight your natural uh, rhythm. So take only the productive hours. And that's what I see with remote workers, digital nomads as well. You can go live on a tropical beach and still work uh, 18 hours a day. But if you learn that you have three productive hours per day, you take those three productive hours, you sit in an airco somewhere and you work. And then the rest of the day, you can go kite surfing, uh, hiking, doing whatever you want to do. And still you're as productive as somebody sitting in an office from nine to five, not being able to choose their own productivity hours. I completely agree with you. And uh, so what you're saying is uh, now reminding yourself and feeling what are the things that actually brings me joy. So now that I've outsourced, I've got this time left. If I have to replace it with something, replace it with something that actually gives you energy. And then as soon as you feel, oh, actually, this is doesn't add to my energy, you have the power to choose. Do you want to do it or not? And for example, I hate writing. I absolutely hate writing. It's fun enough, but I wrote four books and uh, I contribute to Forbes magazine, Entrepreneur, Huffington Post and all this kind of stuff. But I still hate writing. And I found a good way <laughs> to outsource that. Which delegation, which now we are transitioning uh, into how then do we apply 
this uh, philosophy, this discipline of uh, downsizing and delegating and uh, reducing possessions uh, to the corporate world, because the corporate world is very fixed. Now, one of our companies, uh, we do sales training for recruitment agencies, and we are often going into companies uh, with uh, 40, 50, 100, sometimes uh, 2,000 employees uh, and train their sales team. They have very fixed and structured way of operating. And what you're doing is, uh, let's create a new way. So before we go into that, how can a company transition to that point? I would love to ask, what, when you talk to companies that this is a possibility, what do they say to you? Very interesting question. Because first, uh, the first reaction is, uh, why well, it will not uh, fit in our culture, in our company culture. It doesn't fit. <laughs> And of course, the company culture is the big excuse. Uh, and it's true that uh, it's about changing the culture. And we all know the saying that the, the culture uh, will eat your strategy as breakfast. So every morning you have to remind everyone what is the new culture. Well, I think it starts by uh, having in the organization some key people, some ambassadors of this way of uh, working. Uh, and they, most of the companies I talk to are surprised to see that there's a lot of ambassadors in the organization that are willing to, but not daring to ask. And this is uh, the starting point. When you can appoint ambassadors of this uh, practice, uh, they will start to uh, spread the word in the company and change the culture. Um, the second important uh, advice I'd like to give is to also work with external uh, people who are already in this way of uh, living and working. So they will influence the organization and the culture by their uh, way of acting. So uh, basically transacting with digital nomads or location independent people that will bring within the company uh, this culture. Uh, of course, I have a lot of ideas, but the third one uh, I would like to mention is, if possible, is to turn your office in a collaborative environment. Don't ask people to come to the office to do their emails. It's useless. It's even crazy. It's, 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 it's not sustainable. It's, it's, you're asking people to step in a car to come to the office to do emails, what they can do from the co-working space or Starbucks that is next to their house, which will make them much more happy. But of course, a lot of companies say, no, no, we want to see the employees. We want to have them. We want to see them. We want to monitor. That's, this, this, this is old uh, fashion. And by applying these three uh, key uh, points, this will already make a, a big uh, twist in the culture of the company. And this will solve one of the three key issues I see at CEOs today. And one of them is how to attract the wide generation how to make those people come and work in our company when we still put people in a box and ask them to work on an Excel spreadsheet, which is not at all what the white generation is asking. Mm -hmm.